Welcome to Manifest Simplicity, where we discuss intentional living, minimalism, and searching for meaning in a world obsessed with more. I'm Mick. I'm Craig. And together we run a website called manifestsimplicity.com. We post essays, short thoughts, recommendations, and our rules for living a more meaningful life. What are we looking at on today's show, Craig? We've got tree planting drones, rage quitting your job, and imposter syndrome. Rage quitting your job. Oh, I, I've got something to tell you. I'm not really Craig. I'm an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you quit your job. I have also quit my job. Well, that doesn't make sense because we work in the same place. Damn. And I saw you there. Damn. <laughs> um, have you ever quit a job on the day? Uh, on what day? Just like, like, like then, just... I'm out! Uh, Sean earlier! Uh, no, no, I don't think so. No. Have you? Uh, did you always type up a written letter of, um, to manager... This is why I'm leaving to to, uh, to pursue other avenues. <laughs> to pursue better jobs, you peasant. <laughs> uh, no, never. I remember writing one of those for like the pub I worked in. <laughs> why? Like, because you've got to do a letter. Uh, I, mean, I don't know what world I grew up in. Or an email. Yeah, like I did. A, I think you do a letter and you hand it to the manager and you're like, look, so thanks so much for employing me. Um, I'm now going to go and do this. This I'm working my notice. Yeah. But yeah. like. I've never. They'll pay me to leave. Yeah, pay me. Um, I've never like quit a job and be like, right, well, it's fine then. No, I've never done that. I know some people who have, but I think like, does that not just reflect badly on like your, well, they, uh, your I don't like, think, record? I don't think uh, a current manager can ever give you a bad review for a new job, like a reference. If they ask for a reference, they can't be like, no, they were terrible. Like, they have to at least be neutral or positive about it because they can't sabotage your opportunity to get another job. Apparently. So, oh, okay. A job, a previous job. Unless you were fired, I think there's, there's. If you quit, they can't say that you were. Not I, th- great. I think I believe so. I That's... might be wrong, mm. but I remember someone got uh, did a similar thing in a job I used to work in, and they were asking for reviews for their new job. And they just and... said yes. They worked here. <laughs> but something along those lines. So it was it was neutral, but they. I was like, oh, can't you? I, what if you say something bad and they're like, I can't, I literally can't be like, they were awful, they were this, they were that. I guess they could send them like number of lates and like slyly mug them off. Number, percentage attendance on time, mm. 71. Oh, let's not hire them. Yeah, maybe, but I think- You can send them facts, I guess. I suppose so. These are the facts. It's neutral. These are the facts. He was racist. Oh. Oh. (laughs) These are the facts. Whenever he turned up to work, he was covered in milk. (laughs) Fact. Fact, uh, he liked to throw stones at people in bowling alleys. Uh, is that a thing? Uh, fact, he liked to look at nudie mags in the woods. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> These are very random facts. They're not random. I feel like you're just picking, <laughs> picking, I'm, picking facts. From, I'm picking from previous experience. Oh. <laughs> uh, and on that note, what is something that made you a uh, bit frustrated this week, Mick? Um, so, I mean, we're going to... Change of pace. Change of pace. Very big change of pace. Um, Fact, he was frustrated this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anyone who knows me in real life will know that I've been going through a few, like, relational issues with a few um, of the relationships in my life. So it's been a bit frustrating to... Um, I don't know, like, like when I moved to Manchester, I thought that life was going to be, like, super hunky-dory and easy. Um, not, grass isn't always greener on the other side. Yeah, I think... 
Although it is greener up here than it is down north. That's true. Down, down south. Down, down south. south. Well, um, it is much greener up here. That is true. However, um, I yeah. So this week and kind of the week prior to this um, have been kind of yeah like dealing with um, a little bit of like relationship reshuffle. Um, not only in like personal life, but also in a little bit of work stuff as well, which is fine. Like I completely understand that things have to change on a regular basis, but it was kind of annoying that, yeah, it was kind of all happening at once. And then moving to Manchester and kind of not really knowing anyone, it was like a very lonely kind of existence living in your flat and waiting, yep. waiting to look after your kids and only really socializing with people at work. Yeah. So yeah, like I've been, uh, yeah, like a bit stuck on communication and yeah, just like kind of dealing with being on my own a bit more often. What have you done to deal with it? Um, now, that comes to my good. Oh, so what made you happy then? Uh, oh, actually, it come, that comes to my shout out. We'll uh, skip that. We'll, sk we'll skip that. So the good is that there has been some lovely summer weather. Good, yes, there, there has. has. There's been some great weather, which has meant you can that daddy day was much better. Oh, good. Because during the winter, daddy day means like stay inside and build Lego and do drawings and do kind of inside stuff. But because it's been super sunny, we were able to go on like big wood walks, and, which was sick, and go to the playground that we've wanted to go to since we moved in December. Um, so yeah, it's like a big, Chorley has a big castle playground in the park. Oh. And it's got like uh, like We a, should go. A, we should, so thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to use the last hour of sunlight to go and go <laughs> to the park and go on the double zip line. Oh. Yes. Oh, you got that <laughs> yeah, yeah, just chugging in the double zip line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's like a sick castle playground in Astley Park in Chortley, which is Ooh. like just up the road. Um, and, yeah, so we were able to go for there, to there for the first time, which was sick. And went on a big woodland walk, which was good. Um, and I built one of those... Um, you know, on the internet, you see that people build in rivers or like lakes, mm. they build towers out of oddly shaped rocks and they like balance them weirdly. And you're like, how does that stay up? Oh, they're called dams. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, they're not. They're towers that like, and I guess they're made by like arty feng shui zen people. Uh, which, of course, I am, now that I've shaved off my hair. Um, Basic mum. Shout out to JC from work, who basically, every time he sees me, he goes, I feel like you're going to start a cult. I feel like you're going to become like a Zen monk and that you're going to get really into your meditation and that you'll, be, that you'll be starting a cult soon. I can see why he'd be saying that. Yeah. I can't unsee that now, thanks. Yeah, because I've shaved off all my hair and we're doing meditation. So we are, yeah. We're nearly at the end of our meditation, so. I've got four members in my cult. How's yours coming? I mean, um, oops. Everyone who listens to this podcast is in my cult. Oh, that's more than, more it's, than my it's cult. approximately 70 people. And on that, on that, if you are listening to this podcast... I would, we would, we would quite like to know who you are, okay? So this is what you're going to do, right? I don't want to find out in real life because lots of people say, oh, I was listening to the podcast and it was great. I can't use that. I can't stick that on my podcast. What I'd like, you to, what I'd like you to do is to record a voice note on your phone saying, hi, this is um, Steve um, from London. From Liverpool. Uh, this is Steve from London. I listen to the Manifest Simplicity podcast on my way to work. I like the news section. And then email it to hello at manifestsimplicity.com. And think about this. We could cut it into the show. You love your hand gestures, don't you? Yeah, th when, this, when this podcast gets big enough... I've just done another hand gesture. You have just done another hand gesture. And we add a video and element. And another hand gesture. And another hand gesture. 
then people will see that I like to gesticulate. <laughs> You've just been doing it that entire time. <laughs> I basically have been directing traffic. I feel like I need to share the gesticulations <laughs> we could joint justice ju- uh, yeah you've, you've tripped yourself up there um, so yeah if you do listen to the podcast send us a little email with a voice note in it and we'll stick it in the podcast how sick would that be and you can hear your own voice through the Apple podcast app. on your way to work on your way to work Steve in Liverpool um, okay one, so yes this. good things I built a rock tower that was badass I went on some long walks in the sun and daddy day was extended amazing and who's your shout out for? Now my shout out links to my kind of like loneliness and relationship issues because in that time, the people who come to the rescue, the people who ask you why you're not quite yourself at yeah, work. Yeah, the, the hero to your Enrique Iglesias. Correct. Um, uh, those people are the people who swoop in and save the day. Um, so the, East, the Eastwood girls who are Faith's younger sisters um, have been wicked. We've had a few. I've had a few of them round. They came out for a walk with us and the boys. Um, they've been super, super good. So that's been wicked. Plus, lots of people from work have been really, really nice, um, and have kind of like, even if they don't have any advice or have any kind of understanding of the situation I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. we'll just be like, dude, if you ever want to talk, come find me, and we'll we'll sort it out. Like, so you were the first person who jumped in and was like, I can tell that you, there's something not quite right. 100%. What's going on? And that's like. For someone who's got something going on that's not quite right, <laughs> having someone notice and ask you is like, oh, thank God that someone is kind of like aware enough to have that understanding. Yeah. Um, so obviously you, Dave, Mike, Fez, Greg, DC, lots of people have said, yesterday I had a really nice chat with Nina. Oh, yeah. It was cool. She was like, you're not your normal self. Come and talk to me. And I was like, I feel fine. Like, I'd had a really good yeah, day. shut up. I'm fine. Leave me alone. And then she's like, no, 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 tell me what's going on. And I kind of explain the situation and how it was all kind of working. And yeah, so it's nice to have people around who not only are aware that you're not quite yourself, but also can A, listen and B, offer advice if it's appropriate for them to yeah, listen. Totally. So shout out to everyone who has people around them who notice that kind of thing and don't take them for granted. And if they are, if you are that person for someone else, make sure you act on it. That's it. Shout out to all of them. Shout out to the lot of them. Yes. It's uh, good news time. It is time for the good news. I love a bit of good news. I love the good news. Now, a few weeks ago, we went through why we do good news. Can you remember why we do good news, Craig? Because good news is great and there's too much bad news in the pu- 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 public eye. Correct. So too many people are knocking about like, oh, uh, oh, woman killed for buying drugs to help save child. A uh, man falls in canal and drowns. Builder d- did a bad. The internet's trying to steal your your internet. Bad things. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff going around that you can see. If you just flick on the TV or scroll through Twitter or go on Facebook. Um, it's all super negative. Yeah, so basically it's kind of... Well, I feel... I have always felt that the news is kind of trying to keep you in this kind of... This understanding that you are supposed to be scared and that lots of fear mongering yeah like lots of lots of the news is like you are scared and then they'll show you adverts for things you need to buy to make yourself feel better yeah and i don't agree you definitely don't agree let's just skip all the bad news man kills 50 people oh buy this gillette razor you'll feel (laughs) a load better That's a very specific example. I just, but, you always see razor adverts in the paper. Yeah, it's like, 
Oh no, um, um, there's a new superbug in hospitals. Buy a carpet. Yeah, buy a carpet is 50 quid. No, but because, because, <laughs> 50 quid, God. Because, like, because we are being told that, like, we should be scared and worried all the time, no one trusts each other. No. No one talks to each other. Mm -hmm. Everyone's kind of always thinking negative things about each other. Even when you're, like, out, you always think, oh, that person looks dodgy. Yeah, or, like, like, I was thinking exactly that just then. Like, yeah. I walked past someone today that looked a little bit out of the ordinary suspicious and I was like oh, weirdo stayed away from you but yeah, I was but, just like they're just being them like yeah like if if they if, were a weirdo yeah but they may have been a weirdo but at the end of the day if you're if you're being told that everyone's a weirdo and everyone's dangerous all that you understand of the world is that everyone's a weirdo and everyone's dangerous yeah so if we can kind of spread a bit more good news and we can understand that there are lots of great things going on and that there's lots of people who are doing wonderful things then surely that should affect that understanding a little bit and hopefully they'll share some um oh my god <laughs> hopefully they'll, that'll share some like positivity which is exactly what we're after <laughs> what have you done i was trying to find uh, my good news piece And it's just completely gone wrong. Oh, your your Reddit page has <laughs> severely screwed you over there. It has completely. Okay, so I'm going to do mine. Oh uh, Yeah, you do yours while I thought this... Uh, tree planting <laughs> drones. <laughs> tree planting drones have successfully planted thousands of saplings. And they're about to plant more. What? Drones? So, like, drones. like the Amazon delivery drones? Like those, but they just plant trees. <laughs> just plant a good tree. So, I heard a rumour... Um, that there are, there is a, oh, I can't even remember. There's a toilet roll company. Oh. I can't remember which one it is. Like Charming. Mm. Charming. Maybe. Charming. I heard that there's a toilet roll company. That <laughs> every, for every tree they knock down to make toilet roll, they plant three trees. Ooh. Now that is pretty sick. That's a good little ratio there. However, a tech company called Biocarbon Engineering has been using flying robots to plant trees on a massive scale. Oh, nice. The drones, which were developed by ex-NASA engineer, he was Ooh. like, oh, I've done... I've, I've, I've done space trees next. <laughs> That's how he talked. <laughs> I went to Mars, no bloody trees. So <laughs> I decided to make more trees here. <laughs> Um, are designed to fire off pre-germinated seed pods into the ground. We sound so clever. The drones have been shown to plant trees exponentially faster than locals being forced to plant them by hand. And the method is far cheaper than traditional planting. Is this not just another example of a robot replacing the job a human could have? Yes, but a robot can't... Well, I don't know. A robot can't have sick days. No, but they do need recharging. They do. Unless they're solar powered. Ooh. Oh, but then the sun's going to run out in a billion years or whatever, and then we'll all die. Uh, yeah, but we'll have a billion years worth of trees. Correct. And we'll have so many trees, we won't be able to see the sun. Yeah, exactly. Who cares for the sun? <laughs> Sod it. Screw you, sun. Um, no, uh, yeah, I feel like automation is taking over. And obviously, there's like a big, there's a big worry with automation because like there's thousands of industries that will literally just stop. Uh, Think about this, right? If automated cars and trucks come into effect... Uh, chauffeurs, yeah. taxi drivers... Taxi drivers, Uber, bus, all of that shit's gone. And think about this. 
There are thousands and thousands of people who rely on driving a truck for a living. It's iRobot all over. If the truck can be remote piloted by someone in a warehouse yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, but can't the trucker remote pilot the truck? Yes, but far fewer jobs will be available. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is true. The remote pilot person would only need to do the start and the end. So the seedlings... The, bit, the be... bit in the middle where they drive 200, 300, 400 miles can all be automated because it's all on the uh, main motorways. on their ass. Yeah. Um, so this whole thing with the, with the trees being planted, are the drones controlled or are they manually piloted by someone? I would assume that they are like mapped and it's like, this is where we want the trees. Uh, and then yeah. they like load them up and they draw a map on like some sort of software and then they click go and it smashes out all the trees. I think that's great. More trees, the better. Yeah, go trees. Um, however, we also like people to have jobs. Oh my God. What? The episode's called Jobs. Oh, <laughs> you know I love a good segue. Um, so it's almost as Oh, if... and my good news is about a man and his job. Oh. It's like it was planned. Wow. We are the best podcast in the world. And you should rate us so as such with a five-star review. Yeah, so scroll down a little bit. Click the star right at the, other, right at the end. The fifth one, correct? Yeah, that yeah. one. Click that. Click write a review. Write, whoo! This podcast is flaming hot. Banging. Banging with no G on the end, but just an apostrophe. Full stop. And then put, if you like... Absolute nonsense. <laughs> Subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> okay, yes, do your news for me. So, mine is about do a gentleman called Mr. Rooker, who lost... Maurice Rooker. Well, yes, he was called Maurice Rooker. Uh, and he, well, he is called Maurice Rooker. He's, um, not, he's not changed his name. He may have, could have. Get your life together. He basically lost his job at a Home Depot in America... Because after an employee was verbally, ra- uh, not an employee, sorry, a customer was verbally racist towards him. Oh, we don't like that. And he confronted him and asked him to leave the store. Yeah. Home Depot then didn't like the way he conducted himself and asked uh, asked him to hand his notice and fire him. Well, they basically handed, uh, fired him because he wouldn't hand his notice. In. That's savage. How disgusting is that? That's savage. We work in a we work in an industry where that kind of thing is... Pre- not tolerated. Pretty prevalent, but not tolerated. Yeah, so the man was saying things like, you're from the ghetto. Uh, obviously, the man, the man was white. Um, uh, Rooker had worked for Home Depot for 10 years, and Home Depot eventually, after getting loads of people writing in, seeing how much support uh, Maurice was getting, yeah. decided to backtrack on what they were saying and rehire him again to Maurice's... Uh, Better betterment, I'd say. He just went no, yeah, uh, and now he's got a job working um, with like parole, parole, parolees. I think they're called a parole service as a parole officer. He's not a parole officer. He helps people ser- that are on parole search for a job. Okay, sick. So he uses their skills, helps them out, gets interviews with them, things nice. like that. Yeah. Um, and he's enjoying it so much more. Yeah. Uh, but but like people that used to go to Home Depot specifically because he used to run like these workshops with the kids. Yeah. Um, were saying how amazing he was and how trusted he was and how mm-hmm. respected he was for working there. Yeah, it just shows that one idiot's opinion doesn't really change. Yeah, the, the fact that he's still a good guy. And all he's done is confront him. Um, stand up for himself and be like you need to leave the store we're not accepting that yeah, in here and then Home Depot have been like no you violated protocol like bye have you ever had a really really horrible customer 
Yeah, loads. Um, I remember having a guy, I, I worked in a pub, like one of my first jobs, um, and there was a guy who, um, he was like, uh, like um, I guarantee all of his friends were called Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> like, he Classic had, a, he had Jeff. a rugby shirt on with the like collar, the, with the collar up. And he'd say, oh, Jeff, well, yeah. And he was like a proper like little toff. Uh, I mean, I'm from London, so I sound like a toff compared to anyone yes, who you do. lives in the north. Um, but he was like, a, yeah, he'd be, oh, bloody hell, Jeff, are we going to rugger after this? Like he was like really, what? Like a like a toff who clearly had so much money that it didn't really matter who, how he behaved. What is rugger? Rugger's rugby for, oh, for rich right. people. They call it rugger. Oh, well, let's go do a bit of rugger. You're going down the rugger after this, Jeff. Oh, bloody good job. Um, Me and Whoopers will meet you yeah, there. Yeah, literally. Hugo's not coming this week. He's sending us <laughs> off to the Cayman Islands for a surfing trip. Um, yeah, so he was a douchebag. Right. Um, and he was like, a kind of being a bit weird towards some of the female employees at the bar. Yeah. And I... I think I was the person who had worked there for the longest and I was the oldest employee. Mm. And I was like, kind of had to like, be like, dude, you need to tone it down a little bit. Listen, Harrison, calm yeah. down. You're making people uncomfortable. Um, and he was like, oh no, no, I'm not making you uncomfortable girls, am I? And obviously because they're like sheepish young girls. They're like, oh no, 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 it's fine. And I'm like, dude, if you continue like this, you're gonna get thrown out. He's like, oh, you're, and then suddenly you get you get snapped on. Oh, you're gonna throw me out, are you? Oh, you're gonna throw me out, are you? You think you can throw me out? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to throw you out. But this giant guy who's the <laughs> who's the manager of the pub, he'll throw you out. Um, yeah, there's a load. There's a load of horrible customers. I had uh, my worst experience of one was we. So I used to work in a secondhand retailer. Uh, we used to t take trade-ins all the time and stuff. And this yep. guy once brought a TV in. Uh, with the stand. You've told uh, this story. I have. He, haven't had, he didn't have the screws. He didn't have the screws in the stand. <laughs> and then when he came back to collect it, we were like, dude, no problem. We'll buy it off you. Just need the screws in the stand. Yeah. And he was like, he just lost. Like, it's just he was, it's really, he was it's really intimidating. He was like this really tall, like, African gentleman. And he was just, like, mouthing off. I think he was shouting in, like, Afrikaans. And then that Trafford Centre, uh, sorry, um, the Arndale Security Centre came in and um, staff, and they were like, what's going on? And we told them, and they literally just sort of started chuckling. Yeah. And we're like, just get some screws, what are you doing? And he was like, I will blow this place up. I will <laughs> slay you where you stand, he said to one of my colleagues. Oh, God. It was so crazy. And in the end, the he just took the TV and came back off an hour later with some screws, and he was fine about it. It was it's just so like weird. what made him lose his lose yeah. his marbles at that moment. Yeah, I like <laughs> it. I like it. I like... Probably didn't help because I stood there giggling to myself as well. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say like... He's like, I'll slay you. And part, I was like, what? Part, part of the hilarity of it is that like as the employee, like you have no control over the policy of the place you work in. Like, yeah, you true. don't, you, you can't be like, oh yeah, you know, like you're just a, you're just an employee. You can't be like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll take it without, like you need it with the screws. Like, it's don't not, worry, this is now my business. Yeah. Like, I, and I'll take that. Yeah. Like me in the pub, I can't be like, oh yeah, yeah we allow sexual abuse. Here. Like we allow, <laughs> we allow that kind of thing because I'm okay with it. If you give me 50 quid, you, you can sleep quid. with one of them. <laughs> All right, it's 50 God, quid. That's prostitution. Yes, it is. And it's also, also still a job. It's <laughs> But that would be sex trafficking because they didn't agree to it. <laughs> so don't do that, kids. Um, Stay in school. 
But yeah, like you have no control over that situation. So getting angry just does just makes things worse. Yeah, exactly. And like being nice to people is just a way to yeah. it's not giving giving someone else the opportunity to to realise the situation and yep. maybe come to a good understanding on it. Yep. Whereas if you just blow up at someone, yep. A, the person you're trying to get assistance from yep. is just not going to help you. Yeah. And you you've just you look like an idiot. Yeah, it happened today. Like one of our managers was on the phone to someone who didn't agree with one of our policies. And he had previously been really sweary to Ryan, uh, big tall Ryan with the big feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, had been sweary to him on the phone. And then Ian rang him up and said, look, I just wanted to re-explain why we're not doing the thing you want us to do. Um, and he was quite nice on the phone to, to Ian, I imagine. Um, but because he had been sweary to Ryan, Ian was like, yeah, we're not going to do it at all. Like, we're just not going to, I just don't want to deal with you. I don't want you coming back into the place. That yeah. Work because if you're going to be abusive to my staff, then I don't want you in here. Yeah. If, right on. Yes. High five. If he had been really nice both times round, Ian was like, I could have done something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you're going yeah. to be an arsehole, you forfeit the right exactly. to, to get good service. Exactly. And if you're looking for help from someone or a, an employee, it just pays to be nice. Where, like, even if you go into a shop and you're looking for something, just be like, oh, excuse me, do you mind if helping me find this? Like, whereas if you're like, oh, where's this? Someone's oh, just yeah. less, like, if you're like, oh, where's this? Like, the person's going to be just like, oh, I don't know, it's over that way. They're not going to help you. Whereas if you're nice about it, you're going to get a little bit of help. Correct. And we are about to talk in depth about the question that we get asked on a regular basis. Um, when we meet someone new, what's the first thing you ask them? How big are your feet? You wanted me to say, all right, what do you do? Yeah, literally, when you meet someone for <laughs> the first time, you're like, oh, hi, I'm Mick. Oh, hi, I'm Craig. What'd you do? Ah, uh, podcast. Yeah, I'm, 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 I work at this place. Or like... Oh, I like, I like pictures and no, running. No, listen. Now listen, we're about to get there. Let me read the essay. All right, yeah, we'll okay. Okay, this is called Jobs. So, if you want to read this essay, you have two options. You definitely do want to read it. You do want to read it. If you wanted to read it so badly, you could have heard it two days ago, right? Comes out on a Friday, the essay, manifestsimplicity.com forward slash whatever the name of this podcast is you're listening to, right? Jobs manifestsimplicity.com forward slash jobs. You can read the essay. Any of the episodes that you listen to of our podcast, they're based around an essay that we released on our website. So you go to the website, you do manifestsimplicity.com, you put a forward slash, you put the name of the episode, the essay comes up. Boom. Magic. Done. Actual magic, bro. Actual internetings. All the net. So if you want to read this one, let me fill you in on what you do. Manifestsimplicity.com forward slash jobs. Um... Essay comes out on a Friday, podcast comes out on a Monday. This is Jobs. What do you do? The question we ask the most that has the least value. When we meet someone new, our brains go into overdrive. We scan their clothes, observe their mannerisms, gauge their reactions to jokes, watch them gesticulate, I know me, a lot, and try to build an understanding of their character before we even speak a word. We believe in nuance. We want details. We crave the unique. We want to know them in intimate, unraveling, painted detail. Why then do we ask the one question that sucks the life out of the situation? What do you do? The reason we've been programmed to ask this question is because the answer, regardless of what it is, tells us something about the person we're talking to. We have been trained to value people based on their job titles. 
This question gives us a chance to place the person we're talking to on a scale of how much we should value them based on their perceived worth, based on their job title, tenure, salary, or career prospects. This question is narrowing and limiting. We are so much more than our jobs. There is probably very little we can do to affect the regularity with which that question is used. What we can do is change the way we ask and respond to it. Instead of asking what someone does, why not ask them what they're passionate about? What personal project they're working on? What do they love doing? This way, we bypass the benign nature of the question and skip straight to the part of the conversation where we discuss the things we love, the passions we pursue, and the projects we are building. And instead of responding with our job title, why not tell people we paint, we run up mountains, we run a growing blog, we build forts with our children. This way, we bypass the reeling off of scripted job titles and the questions about promotions and salaries and get straight to the point of why we exist. Yes, I have a job, but I do so much more than work. Do you though? Do yeah. you? Uh, listen, I am one of those people who's had so many hobbies and so many interests over the course of my 28 years that I can have a, I feel like I can have a pretty good conversation with anyone about anything. Oh, talk to me about marbles. I, um, oh, no. now marbles, let me get to you, let me get into marbles, right? Um, my favorite use of a marble is marble run. Oh, what's marble run? Okay, you don't know Sounds what Sounds like a, a like a game made for phones, like Temple Run. Do you not know what marble run is, really? No. Okay, so you, you get a load of marbles, right? You've got a load of different tubes. Um, so you build up big stacked towers and the tubes connect these towers. And they're like, it's like a drain pipe kind of system mm -hmm. where you drop a marble in the top. It might go into a whirlpool. It drops then through and it goes down. Oh, I have you seen know, marble. You know I what do marble, know what run marble run is. is. I just didn't know what they were called. Okay, so marble run right, would fit on this meter by meter square table. Mm -hmm. However, my mother, when, I, when last year it was Luca's birthday, yeah. I said, just get him something small. He's got lots of toys already. He doesn't need toys. Just get him something small, maybe a book or you know, something that he can actually use. Yeah. Um, she bought him two marble runs. giant marble runs. Ooh. Okay, so the balls are the size of tennis balls. So if you relate the marble to the tennis ball size, yes, imagine how big massive. the gutters are. Yeah, so it fills up a living room. Um, for a minimalist, owning two <laughs> giant marble runs <laughs> is very ironic. It is. However, we got a lot of joy out of it, so we kept it. We're going to be donating it soon because we've not played with it in the last three months. Oh. But marbles, there you go. We've had a conversation about marbles. Yeah, you have. Brilliant. And, and that wasn't even planned. Oh, I can yeah. honestly say that that was not planned. Yeah, I feel like because um, because I've done so many things in my life, I actually have, I can talk enough about the, I can kind of ask enough questions about a thing to get a kind of understanding of how it works, or I've done it myself. It's sometimes hard, I find, where you, because we can relate to a lot of things uh, as people, but I find it hard sometimes to ask a lot of questions, but without sounding like I'm prying into someone's life. Like, oh, what do you do? Oh, what are you interested in? How are you? You know, what 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 are you passionate about? What is it you do? What got you into that? How long have you done it for? Yeah. It's, sometimes it's a bit too hard. If you reel all those questions off at once, it's kind of like... Yes, you're right. You feel sometimes like you're prying into someone's life too much. Yeah. And it's not like you want to. That's not the intention. But to the other person, you don't know how that's coming across. But I think what we're doing in those situations is not trying to find out information. What you're not trying to do mm. is find out 
what their favorite thing is. Yeah. What you're trying to do is get them to a point where they go, where they explode. You want to get them to a point where you reach the thing that they're really excited about and then they can talk about it. If you just, if you're, it's about asking the right questions, I think. If you just ask, what do you do? What do you do? They say, oh, I, I, I work in marketing. Yeah, that's the conversation's that's over. The end of the conversation. Oh, how long have you done that for? About three years. All yeah. right. Oh, okay. great. Yeah. So now I know that you, you're a marketing graduate who has worked in marketing for three years. And I know, based on that, how to value you in this room of full of people. Yeah. Right? If I then ask you lots of other questions to find out about your salary, the name of the company you work for, does your company name... Just adding more or, more or less value to this Correct. Person. I'm just working out where you are in relation to me and whether then I need to suck up to you or whether I can disregard you because you're smaller than I am. <laughs> Bin you up. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why we ask that question. That's why we've been programmed to ask that question. Yeah, it's because like it's... a natural, natural response. Yeah, because our, our, like, instinct is to work out where in the pecking order we are. Where in this room am I in the league table of people in this room? Yeah. And if I can find out what you do for work, how much money you make what flash car you drive, where you live, and then judge you based on those things, I can work out whether you're better than yeah, me. Yeah, oh, well, my car's me. better, but you earn slightly more money, but my job titles comes with more respect and I'm more freedom with it. So yeah, maybe I am slightly are you, winning. Or you live in the city centre and I live outside, so that means you must earn more money than me and therefore you're a better yes. person than I am because you earn more money, you have a flasher car than I do. So oh, that, but actually we both do photography. So actually we both really get on very well. So this is the point. If we are going to just ask people, what do you do? We are seriously underselling the fact that we are much more than our job titles. 100% agree. If your job title was admin assistant, that tells me zero about you. Yes, it do, yeah, it does. <laughs> if I ask you, what's your favourite thing to do? And you say to me, oh, I'm an admin assistant. <laughs> <laughs> then you love admin. Then life is over. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, like, we've got to ask the right questions in order to get people to a point where they're talking about the things that they're really passionate about. If we ask them what they do and they say, oh, I do, I'm an admin assistant at a publishing house. Like, oh, are you into books? No, uh, I'm sorry, it's just yeah. a job while I finish uni. <laughs> well, yeah, but then like... Oh, so what are you studying? Correct. What are you passionate about? Well, yeah. So, just, so just... if we can change the... If this comes in two parts. If we can ask different questions, then we will get different answers. And if we can answer the question differently, then the conversation goes in a different direction. So it's, it's a two-fold, it's a two-pronged approach, right? The first prong, instead of asking what someone does and getting a boring, boring response that allows us to grade them on that league table, let's start asking people, what are you passionate about? What personal project are you working on right now? Um, what do you love doing? What's your... What what's do you do in your free time? Yes, yes, very good question. What are you passionate about? What do you get up to when you've got some spare time? Those questions lead people down a road to an exciting conversation mm. where they get to discuss and you get to learn about the thing that they're most excited about. Yep, yep. If someone says to you, if someone says to you, what do you do? And you say, oh, I work in technical support. They're like, oh, that sounds shit and boring. If yeah. someone says to me, 
what's your favorite thing to do? I say, I run up mountains for fun. Mm. I run a podcast about minimalism and I like to build Lego with my son. And I'm a cult leader. And, I'm a, and I lead a cult. No, because that would be a job. Because I'm a cult leader. Oh, right. Okay. No, it's a passion. Is it it's a passion? more of a lifestyle, right. if anything. Um, yeah, like, that. does that not open up the conversation 10 times more to like, oh my God, you run up mountains. What the hell's that about? Um, Lego, everyone bloody loves Lego. If you don't love Lego, stop listening to the podcast immediately. Unless you're a parent and you tread on it, then I agree. Um, <laughs> and a podcast about minimalism. I feel like almost everyone has a podcast these days and everyone's seen the documentary on Netflix. So we can discuss that. And because it's something I'm really passionate about, mm. I have... You've got a, a million, lot of I've got, I've got a yeah. million and one things to talk about. Yeah. If I lead with, I work in technical support, I kill a conversation and I kill a chance to connect with someone over something I'm really passionate about. So that's question, That's number one. We've got to ask different questions. Number two is we've got to respond in ways that when someone asks us the boring question, then we can like shrink, shrink, skirt. We can skirt to the side <laughs> and then dodge the boring question and hit them with the answer that actually so like a there. quick super mario tennis return serve i've never played that game i played it like once but it's just the first thing that came to mind is that on the wii yes and the switch maybe wait hold on you can play that on the switch i don't know maybe the switch is the one with the red handle and a blue handle it is can you take them off yes can you use them as little bats yes no can you i think so Oh. They detach and you can play like you can do two player Mario Kart with them. Okay, life changing. Um, yes. So if someone asks you, if if we're going to ask, if we're going to ask boring questions, we will only get boring answers. But if we're going to ask really good questions, we can get really good answers, and that allows us to have good conversations. And I would definitely, definitely challenge anyone listening to this over the next seven days. If you meet someone new, avoid asking them what is it you do and ask find out what they're passionate about. Yeah, like it's and it's, see how it changes the conversation. Yeah, like it massively will change how you're. The thing is, right? People are always looking for an opportunity to talk about the things they're excited about. Mm. If someone comes into our work and I see a running watch on their Ooh. wrist, I immediately start talking about running because I love running and I want to talk to people. And then who they love go, running. "This guy's mental." I want to talk to people who love running about running. If I see someone with no watch on their wrist, I say, oh, you're a minimalist. I listen, I run a podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a minimalist or just broke? <laughs> Sometimes they're the same thing. <laughs> no, but like people are looking for an opportunity to talk about the thing they love doing or the, the thing they love. And if we can like... I love if we, running. If, exactly. If we can tee them up and hand them a large bat, just allow them to smash it out of the park. Oh, no effort needed. No just... effort required. Um, so that's part number one. We've got to ask much better questions because we're better than what do you do? The second part is if someone asks you what do you do, don't respond Like, with, sod off, but I do love this. Don't respond with your job title mm. because your job title is how you pay your rent. It is not what you're excited about. Well, it might be. It might be. It might like, be your full-time job, like Matt Diavella. He's yeah. a filmmaker. Yeah, he's and he a does that full-time. He's a filmmaker, yes. But if someone, if someone in our situation, we work in technical support, um, if someone says, oh, what do you do? And you say technical support, it kills it. I think also for him, though, if he said, oh, I'm a YouTuber, it would just be like, all oh, right, okay. And it, uh, it yeah, sort of kills so. the conversation. I think so, yeah, you're right. Whereas if he says, I'm a filmmaker, I've done minimalism, I've done... Yeah. Uh, which is on Netflix, I've yeah. done this, I'm it working a, on this. It is about how you answer the question. 
If you ask, yeah. If you say I'm a filmmaker, it's very ambiguous as to what you could have done. Whereas if you say YouTuber, it's like, cool, you do videos on YouTube. Like anyone can do that nowadays. So it's like, all right, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. But I think, yeah, you, you've got to lead, you've got to lead people down a road where it leads to... More questions. You, yeah, I think, but I think the questions need to, You could ask lots of questions about working as an admin assistant. None of them would be exciting. <laughs> it's about asking. It's about asking. What's your favourite bit of admin? Yeah. Oh, oh, when was the last time you did a spreadsheet? Don't care. Talk to me about the things you like doing. Um, so if we can, if we can respond to that question in a different way, it will also lead us down a road where we get to talk about our passions and maybe discover that the person we're talking to has similar passions. And therefore, you have just created a club. You've created a cult. Oh, no, we're, we're going to refer to it from now on as a club. Manifest Simplicity Club. Nope, that's not a club. It's a cult? Yep. It's a cult. Cult club. Cult. Culture club. <laughs> it's, that's a band, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Um, ignore the last 30 seconds of the <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> and skip forward. Uh, so someone said to me the other day, oh, what's your podcast about? Ask Reddit, it's what our podcast is about. It's not. Not yet, it's not. Someone said to me, what's your podcast about? I said, oh, basically it's about like minimalism and like intentional living and habit change. Um, basically it's me and Craig chatting shit for an hour. Basically. They were like, but I get that at work. Someone from work. <laughs> I was like, yes, you do. But we don't talk about the same things I am at work. going to end that individual. <laughs> um, so yes, I think it's important that we ask the right questions. But also, almost more important is that we can... <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about this. Imagine if someone goes, so, uh, oh, hi, uh, what's your name? Oh, Mick. Uh, hi, hi, I'm Craig. Um, what do you do? Boring! <laughs> Imagine if they ask you that. <laughs> Wrong! That's Try not, again. I sound like Judge Rinder. Wrong yeah. question. Try again. No, you sound like Judge Rinder. Boring! <laughs> yeah, that's what we should say. If people say, oh, what do you do? Um, you have an opportunity there. To either yes. slap them. No, no, no. <laughs> to either yes, say, oh, I work in as a admin assistant at a publishing house, or you can say, I run up mountains, I run a blog, or I paint things, or I collect records. I like to read. Or yeah, I love to read, and this is the book I'm reading at the moment. Or I'm building a boat, or you know, like that. My friend, well, um, I wouldn't say he was my friend, but someone I knew from back in college is renovating a sprinter van Ooh. and is then going to live in it. I have a friend that's already done that. That's such a sick idea. If I asked him what he did, he would, well, he quit his job, but he would have said, <laughs> I don't said, have a job. I work in a museum or whatever he did. Um, but if I said, what are you passionate about? What are you excited about? What are you working on at the moment? That, that kind of revs your engine a little bit. Oy, see what you it's did. a van pun there. And he said, oh, I'm, I'm renovating this van so that me and my girlfriend can go traveling in it. I'd be like, sick, tell me all the things. But- Tell me all the things. Literally, like, I feel like the way we ask questions when we meet people and the way we respond to questions when we meet people can either lead us to a benign, boring conversation that allows us to judge each other on a sliding scale of worth, or they can lead us to a conversation where we talk about the things we're excited and passionate about. I pick option B and we think you should too. Done. Move on. Boom. Ask Reddit. 
It's Ask Reddit time. It's Ask Reddit time. And guess what, people? It's relevant about jobs. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Yes, it is. So if you have a job and you like Reddit, then you're in for a treat for the next 10 minutes. Yes. So mine is Redditors who rage... We touched, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but Redditors who rage quit a job without thinking, what was the last straw? Oh. Like, what... What was the straw? The yeah, what was the straw that broke the camel's back that just made you go, "F this, I'm out, I'm out of here, boy." So, like, one of I picked up two answers that I liked. Um, one of them was after working 37 years, I requested a leave from work to care for my partner who was dying of cancer. I had eight weeks of paid time off time, and I was denied the request, so I quit to care for him in his last month of life. But by quitting. They were then paid that time that they had left. Sick. So that time that they'd requested off, they were then paid for by quitting anyway. That's sick. <laughs> so, fair. That's uh, fair, yeah, because you've got unused holiday. And when you leave a job, they give you your unused holiday Exactly, because you've earned it. That's so sick. So the other one made me laugh, actually. It was, I needed a summer job while in high school, so I applied to a local grocery store for a bagging, stocking, cleaning assistant job. My first day there, there was some sort of confusion as to what I was supposed to do or who I was supposed to report to. I hate that. I was sent to the front counter where the customer service manager gave me a till and told me to open a register. Mind you, I had zero training in a register. <laughs> yeah, well, oh my God. <laughs> it's like going, oh yeah, don't, don't worry, just go and fly this aeroplane. Yeah, well, I don't know how to, well, yeah, just go and do it, it's fine. Um, as I didn't even know how to put the till in, uh, in it, I also told the lady this, and uh, she told me to go and do my job. Within about two minutes at the register, there was a line of several people, and uh, I'm just standing there with the till in my hand. That's so funny. The customer service lady comes over, uh, storms over, and asks why, why I had such a line, and I tried again to explain to her that I was supposed to be a stocker or whatever I was hired to do, that I knew nothing about operating a register. She called me stupid in front of the customers, so I handed her the till and told her to go F herself, <laughs> walked down the street in my uniform and got another job at a different grocery store. <laughs> That's so sick. How good is that? But bro, like, if, so if someone comes into your job, do you not expect like a little bit of a little bit of induction? So, welcome. Uh, my name's Tracy. I run the team. This is everyone. This is the break room. This is the microwave. This is the bathroom. This is where you hang your coat, and that's the capitula. <laughs> that is a deep cut. Big Daddy reference. Have you seen Big Daddy? I have seen Big Daddy. You know where he's showing him around the classroom? Yep. This is where we hang our coat, this is where we put our shoes, and that's the Capitilla. <laughs> you mean Caterpillar. That's right, the Capitilla. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd expect some sort of induction, right? Yeah, or at least for the customer service manager to know what job he was getting. Yeah, service your customers by getting someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. And leaving the guy who's just been hired to stock shelves to, guess it, stock shelves. shelves. What an idiot. What a muppet. Yeah, um, I have never rage quit a job. Um, no, me either. I've been close to very um, in my old job several occasions. Yeah. I, I was there four years, and in the end, I left on a whim because I was like, I've had enough. So I just I handed my notice in, took my holiday, and left. Um, oh, I have rage quit a job. Oh, you're thinking back now. Oh, I have. Was it a paper round? Was it, it was. Oh, oh, <laughs> it was a paper round. That was my very first job. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember, so me and Jim, my younger brother Jim, we did a paper round on 
Butler Avenue and Butler Road and Bowen Close in Harrow. So shout out to the homeland. Big up the place. Um, <laughs> Big up, yeah. Um, so we did a little paper round there, which I got through some mum from Running Club who ran some news agent and needed something to deliver papers. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all me, please. Yeah, I'll do I it. I deliver papers. We made like 14 quid a week or something that we split. That's bank. Which is not bad. You made like seven, eight quid or something a week. Yeah, and nice. And you split it and that's like you going to the cinema or buying sweets or whatever. Um, the It was fine. I don't mind. I don't mind walking. I don't mind folding papers. I don't mind putting them through doors. I'm pretty good at it. It's a good laugh. Do you have any good dog good Oh, yeah, dog a stories? lot of dogs. Yeah. There was one that I used to slightly put the paper in. <laughs> but no, no, even better. The dog would run towards the door, start woofing. The moment it saw a bit of the paper, it would jump up, grab it, yank it through and run off. I know I loved it every week. Yeah. I was like, oh, I used to tease it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there was, a lot, there was a few of those dogs. Yeah, that you get to learn over a while where the dog houses are. Mm. And you're just like, oh, uh, well, sod that. Just leave it on the Until someone new moves in, gets the dog, and then you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. That actually did happen a few times. But anyway, yeah, I didn't mind it. Sometimes the um, paper company or whatever, or whoever the news agent was, had been paid to put like leaflets in the, oh, no, in the paper. Disgusting. And you're like, cool. So you put the leaflet in the paper, you fold it, you have them all folded ready, you go out and you do your round, you come back and pick up the next lot or whatever if it's too full. There was one week, and that was a long process. It was taking like three hours to do the folding, three hours to go and do the delivering. Wow. And you were like, it was a long process. We did like, I think 300 houses or something. So it was a That's lot. a lot, yeah. yeah. So we were, we, were, we were pretty deep in the game. There was one week where they delivered 20 boxes of cardboard packet Walker's Crisp samples, right? So it's the, it's the size of a Walker's Crisp bag. Right. It's made of cardboard. Yeah, I'm trying to picture that. I, I don't think I can. It's like, um, like a rounded, sharp, sharp cornered, like a packet, mm. sharp corners made of cardboard rounded in the middle. Okay. Yeah, kind of like folded up kind of situation with a sample of a new flavour in it, right? Mm -hmm. They delivered like 20 boxes. Were the crisps loose? No, the crisps were in a foil packet inside the cardboard. Right, okay, now that I'm picturing better now. Okay, okay. so, i.e. impossible to put inside a paper. Yeah, what happened? Right? So we can't do our normal scheme of put the leaflet in the paper, fold the paper, and take the paper to be delivered. We can't do that because it's bloody giant gravy boxes. We'd need a car to deliver them all. Right? Yeah, you would have. I'm, I'm 13. Because you, you would have put the paper through and then the sample. Correct. So it means carrying twice as much stuff. It means taking twice as long to do the job. We rang up the woman. Do you really expect that? My mum rang her up. I was scared. I was 13 or 14. <laughs> Do you really expect these boys to deliver all these crisps? Um, they'll deliver all the papers, that's not a problem, but they're not going to do the crisps. Is that okay? She was like, no, I need you to deliver the crisps. In the background, I go, well, tell her to shove it her ass then. <laughs> Did you actually? <laughs> yeah, I was 13. And apparently she heard me on the other side of the phone and was like, oh, okay, well, we'll get someone else to do it. And they just came and collected all the stuff. And my mum on the phone was like, Partly she was pissed off because I'd told some woman who was my boss, technically, <laughs> to shove it up her ass. But also she was like, yeah, you shouldn't have been doing that. So I completely understand. Um, but yeah, that's the only time I've ever rage quit a job. Uh, it was it, a paper round. Didn't count. Yeah, bend that off. Bend that paper round. Talk me through your your first job. You, you had a paper, paper round. round. What was after that? Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't remember. I worked in a running shop and got paid out of the till really illegally. Oh, I worked in a tech store selling stuff and I was really good at selling stuff.
because I'd just be dead honest about it. I was like 16 at the time. Right, yeah. And I was really good at selling it, but I wouldn't sell insurance. Just wouldn't do it. Right. I was like, oh, I'd be like, oh, do you want insurance with that just in case you drop it and damage it? It's an extra 50 quid. And they'd be like, oh, no, no, I think it's covered on my house. I'd be like, all right, cool, no problem. So I was really good at selling the stuff. Yeah. I was just dead honest yeah. about why it what would was help good. Them. Yeah, yeah, what was good and what was not good about it. And then people were like, trusting me. Yeah. And then when I'd sell them insurance, I wouldn't, I wouldn't push it on them. Yeah. Whereas there was this one guy that I used to work with that went, so, yeah, so you don't want the insurance, no problem. It's, it's a shame. I had a lady come in last week who didn't take the insurance and she'd actually smashed it four days into owning it. Nothing we could do. So they were like, it was like, a, oh, are you sure yeah, you don't yeah, want yeah, it? Yeah. This is a nonsense story. I'm going to feed yeah, the, you. The other way, to, I thought what you were going to say is that he would just put the insurance on and not tell them. <laughs> so no, it's no, 50 quid more expensive. No, no, it was This one's 249. Oh. Oh, it looks like it's two nine. It would just be a really salesy, guilt trippy type job, oh, and I was yeah. like, "No, I'm not down." For I'm this. not down for that. I don't. I don't do that kind of shit. If you need the thing, buy the thing. If you don't, I actually have been known in our current job to tell people not to buy things. <laughs> you don't need a new one. You'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be fine. You don't need one. Honesty is the best policy. Correct. Um, so yeah, that's pretty savage. Shove it up your ass. And if you're doing a paper round, they ask you to deliver crisps. Just eat all the crisps. Did you ever... Well, I guess not, actually, but we used to... Me and my stepbrother had a paper round together, and it was run by the woman that lived opposite the road to us. Uh, uh, she used to get them all delivered to her house, and we would come round, collect them, fold them all up at his house, do the leaflets if we needed to, and then yeah. we would um, take them out. Uh, there was this one time he did the round with me. We finished school together, did the round together. He took me to this area where we just dumped them all, and like we went back later that night and like setting them on fire. <laughs> There was a f no, no, I never dumped the papers. I think I did it like three times, and then in the end, I was like, no, I'm done with this. I can't, I no. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't I, want this paper on now. It's, just, it's less about the job and more about just getting them and dumping them. I quite enjoyed the hard work, I think. I was like, I quite enjoyed the like running around the neighborhood, like seeing. You are very energetic. Yeah, like I, I, I enjoyed the folding. I wanted to get really good at it. I wanted to be the best paper delivery boy in the world. Oh. Uh, I think I probably achieved it, and then they asked me to deliver crisps, and I told them to shut up. It's fifty quid. It's fifty. Quid. Okay, so mine is about imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome at work. Have you ever experienced it, and how did you overcome it? So this is a very long-winded answer, but we'll just talk. You've about You've got it a quite a few long-winded answers. This there. is one one answer. I thought. Oh right. Okay. Oh okay. I thought it was two or three. No, it's one man who wrote a very long thing, and I'm going to read it. Um, so this is like an academic. He's like a faculty at some university somewhere. A lot of us suffer from imposter syndrome. Positions are so difficult to obtain that a lot of us feel guilty when we get one. All, all, all academics know colleagues that were as bright, if not brighter than themselves, that couldn't be hired or left the academic world. Therefore, this is a permanent feeling that might not, we might not fully deserve this position. And at some point, someone will discover we're not as bright and deserving as they think. So you keep pushing, you keep working harder over time, on the weekend, during holidays, just to convince yourself that you belong there. And it's hard because when you work in academia, you encounter frequently people who are factual geniuses, who are out there in terms of cognitive possibilities. Their brains just don't work like ours. Really, there is no way, even though hard, even through hard work, you can achieve their level of understanding or discipline. Um, in addition, academia is very competitive. Frustration, bullying, dick-sized contests, public humiliation are all part of scientific debate, and it really doesn't help regarding the imposter syndrome. Meanwhile, I try to promote kindness, but it's very, very difficult. I'm a faculty staff for 20 years now, one of the youngest ever hired in my field, and there's not a single day where I don't have this fear that one day I will be unveiled as an imposter. Literally, I have had that on a regular basis. I think at our job, 
because it's quite a coveted job to have mm -hmm. and it's like a cool place to work in the eyes of the like kind of wider world i mean there's probably a few people there who don't think it's a cool place to work i have regular on a regular basis i think at some point they're going to find out i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> and they're just going to be like uh so uh, you no longer work here now um and then i'll be really sad and poor and i'll have to become a hooker oh or a male male escort that's fine um, so this guy says, I may not be a great scientist, but I'm a decent professor. Being in the arena, among students, explaining, describing, questioning these young and often brilliant minds is the only thing I find fully satisfying. It gives meaning to my life, and it's how I cope with the syndrome, because I know that in my classroom, at least, I'm useful to somebody. Ooh. So this is the solve for imposter syndrome. If you are contributing to someone else's life, even if it's not in a like grandiose, spectacular way that you would assume your job would have you doing it, it doesn't matter. As long as you're contributing to someone in some way, you're helping someone, you're doing something productive, even if you're not the best at it, as long as you are working hard and you are um, trying your best to be as good as you can be, you don't have to feel like an imposter. Yeah. I feel like an imposter on a regular basis, but I know also that helped quite a lot of people, so it's good. Yeah, it's always good. Very good. There are days when you do feel like an imposter, but I think there are also days when you don't feel like, not you specifically, but yeah. people in general don't feel like an imposter. Yeah. Uh, and they do feel like they're helping someone or doing a good job. Yeah. So we've just got to balance out. Like, it's easier to remember the bad times than it is the good times. Yeah. I think I think also because, because our job is, I mean, and most jobs are like, you're, yeah, you're right. Like, if you're, if you're concentrating and you're working hard and things go well, you don't necessarily take time to go, oh, that went really well. Mm. But if things go badly, you often get a review or like a period where you're like, okay, so why did this go badly? I think it's important in the pursuit of not feeling like an imposter in our jobs to kind of assess the things that go really well um, and, um, and kind of just acknowledge the fact that lots of great things are happening. So part of one of the one of the things that I've kind of kicked into gear at the place we work is I do this thing called Feedback Fridays where I'll send out an email to everyone to say, these are all the great things that have happened this week. These are all the, the people who have done wonderful things. Check it out. Lots of cool stuff is going on. And therefore, you don't need to feel so bad about the place you work in because it's really not that difficult. It's really not that bad. There's lots of cool stuff going on. And here it is. Here's a quick list of it. So and I think it's... It's easy to, if you went into a shop and you got great service 15 times and then you went in and got bad Correct. service, bad yeah. service once, you'd be like, well, that was terrible. I'm yeah. never going there Shit, again. No, and, it's like, going again. and it's just like, well, no, because it was amazing those 15 other times. Maybe give it a few more goes. Yeah. Maybe give it another four goes so you, you got an even 20. Yeah. And if it's good then, then maybe it was just that one bad time. Yeah, the ne the negative always outweighs the positive. Yeah, it's too easy to get like, down. oh, I failed at this, therefore I must be rubbish at it. And all it takes is someone to go, oh, but you did really well these other times. So you don't need to feel so bad about it because you're 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 doing really, really well. Obviously, there's you're never going to be perfect. And that's kind of, that's what imposter syndrome teaches us that. You are human. You are. There's no way for you to do your job perfectly. And even the people you think are doing your job perfectly are probably feeling the same way. Yeah. Um, and the book I'm reading at the moment, uh, Essentialism by Greg McKeown. Nice. It teaches us, well, it's teaching me about um, taking time to think and reflect on things. Like A lot of us get caught up in the day-to-day -day normal routine of life and that we don't think so much about where we are in life yeah and it's about even just taking 10 minutes a day just to think about where you are in life is the job you're doing pursuing well pursuing 
going to benefit you? Is it what you want? Or is yeah. it just something you're doing for the sake of doing it? And what could you be doing differently? Uh-huh. Uh, and just sort of self-reflection. Yeah. It's good to, you might do it once every, you might do an hour uh, every couple of weeks. You might, uh, Bill Gates does it twice a year. He takes a week off from work. And he yeah. just goes and retreats. No technology, nothing. Just goes to a retreat for a week and just reflects on where his company is, where he's at, what his goals are. Is he working towards achieving them? Is he working against himself to achieve, like not achieve them? Yeah, yeah. And things like that. So self-reflection and looking back on yourself. Massive. So, yeah. It's, yeah. it's good to take stock every once in a while. You work may out feel where you like are. an imposter, but you're actually not. You might actually be doing a great job. Yeah. It's just that one day will get you... And I Down. think the the other flip side of that is that like if you see someone doing a really good job, it's often impo- it's often really really helpful if you go and tell them they're doing a really good yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. Because we don't get told that on a very on a regular basis. Like even like as a parent or a friend or, um, like even like a as um, like a romantic relationship, like you're doing a you're you're doing a really good job as a girlfriend, and I really appreciate all the things you do for me. Like mm-hmm. even that is like massive. We we maybe don't get that kind of because you're in the role of taking of, it for granted. Yeah, yeah, correct. And it's, for someone to go, you're doing a good job. You're like, oh, all right, Emma, thanks. Yeah. Like, and it's nice to because then it gets you thinking about the job you're doing, not the job, but the the way you're being and how you're contributing and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, for definite. Okay, I think we're ready to wrap up. So remember, folks, for next time, remember that if you want to plant a tree, get a robot to do it for you because it's going to be much more efficient. Um, You should probably quit your job right now because you're an imposter. Um, And if you want to learn a little bit more about taking stock and mindfulness and... Um, a little bit of meditation you can read in like three four days time when this comes out our write-up of the this month's uh, monthly minimalism challenge so we have just done a month of meditation Um, we have committed to a daily meditation practice and uh, I've missed a couple of days you missed some days yet yeah a few yeah so I'm kind of trying to get it as good as but I can the, get the it. day I miss, I'm normally picking it back up the next day and I'm right, like right back on it again. Yeah. I missed, I think I've missed two in a row. Ooh. Um, I am going to hit it once we have finished recording today, kind of like wind myself down. Um, but yeah, so if you want to read our write-up of last month's challenge, which was daily meditation, you can head to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash, forward slash what? What did we call it? Mindfulness. Mindfulness. Is it mindfulness? I think so. Okay, we'll call it that. That's fine. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Manifestsimplicity.com forward slash mindfulness. And you can read our write-up of last month's challenge. And if you want to sign up for the challenge just about to begin, April, in May, um, head to the homepage, put your email address in, and we will email you the details. Email you the deets. Email you the deets. Right, it's time for us to get back to the real world, but we'll see you next time on Manifest Simplicity. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. That way, more people get to hear the show. And you know, this just helps. This is just really, really helpful. Uh, if you want to read more things we've written, check out the blog at manifestsimplicity.com. And if you want to keep up with our daily lives, you can find us on social media by searching Manifest Simplicity. And remember, when your life is simple, you allow space for your brain to work, for your heart to explore, and for your mind to be creative. Simple isn't always easy, but it's always more fulfilling. Oh,